0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 914. Mellowin looked at Alvaron and laughed as if he had told a joke. My husband said you weren't the type to let a puzzle sit for very long. I gave a slightly shame-faced smile. It goes against my nature, lady. I would not have you battle your nature on my account, she smiled. Would you be so good as to bring it round in front for me? I managed to lift the chest without hurting myself, but if it weighed less than ten stones, then I'm a poet. Melowyn sat forward in her chair, leaning over the chest. Lorand has told me of the part you played in bringing us together. For that, my thanks. I hold myself in debt to you. Her dark brown eyes were gravely serious. However, I also consider the greater piece of that debt repaid by what I am about to show you. I can count on both hands the people who have seen this, debt or no. I would never have considered showing you had not my husband vouchsafed me your full discretion. She gave me a pointed look. By my hand, I will not speak of what I see to anyone. I assured her, trying not to seem as eager as I was. melouin nodded, then, rather than drawing out a key as I'd expected, she pressed her hand to the sides of the chest and slid two panels slightly. There was a soft click, and the lid sprang slightly ajar. Lockless, I thought to myself. The open lid revealed another chest, smaller and flatter. It was the size of a bread box. And its flat brass lock plate held a keyhole that was not keyhole-shaped, but a simple circle. Instead, Melowin drew something from a chain around her neck. May I see that? I asked. Mellowin seemed surprised. I beg your pardon. That key, may I see it for a moment? God's bother, Alvaron exclaimed. We haven't come to the interesting bit yet. I offer you the mystery of an age, and you admire the wrapping paper? mellowin handed me the key, and I gave it a quick but thorough examination, turning it in my hand. I like to take my mysteries layer by layer, I explained. Like an onion? He snorted. Like a flower, I countered, handing the key back to Mellowin. Thank you. Melowin fit the key and opened the lid of the inner chest, then slid the chain back around her neck, tucked it underneath her clothes and rearranged her clothes and hair, repairing any damage done to her appearance. This seemed to take an hour or so. Finally, she reached forward and lifted something out of the chest with both hands. Holding it just out of my sight behind the open lid, she looked up at me and took a deep breath. This has been... She began... And that's the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy both approaches this the same way I approach an escape room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing.
0: <laughs> it's like, wait, is that a thing? Wait, is that a thing?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you inspect every piece of it. Absolutely, nothing is unimportant. And this is inside two other boxes, right? This is double secret safe. Yep.
0: Although, obviously, this is the right way to go about it, because I assume that the same is for Nick, but I've never lost an escape room, so...
2: I have, but only because they were either unfair escape rooms or I had useless anchors of teammates.
0: Uh, That's why you should only do escape rooms with Jeremy and I.
1: Yeah, 100%. Hey, now, I'm a useless anchor. Don't sell me short. (laughs) I'm surprised that you did not mention that Quoth says, by my hand. Oh, yes, sorry. I meant to say say hands. You know what? As
0: you were saying that, I was like, shit, I forgot to say hands.
1: You did. Well, jail for Jordana. Actually, actually, jail for Jordana. actually, actually,
0: actually, though, it's not hands. It's hand. It's singular.
1: Oh, oh, trying to skate off on a technicality, huh?
0: I am technically correct. The best kind of correct.
2: It's also the second time in not too many pages that we are reminded that Quoth made an Swears oath. on
0: his hands.
2: Yes, that he's made an oath that he will, uh, has already violated <laughs> by telling the story, period. And his hands don't work.
0: Yeah, I guess once you violated the oath once, it doesn't matter how many times you extra, you do it over.
2: Well, I, as we discussed, I don't think it's necessarily literally by violating the oath he has called down the wrath of of magic upon him. I think that it's a little bit more poetic than that. But yes, there are several oaths that we know Quoth has violated and his hands don't work. That seems relevant to me.
1: Do we learn later why she is so intent on keeping this thing secret? Uh, no, actually. I've been skipping ahead. Just that it is secret and
2: they, they don't write about it. You know, the idea of writing anything down or, or taking it to the university for study is unthinkable. Interesting.
0: Why do why do any affluent people keep secrets?
1: Because they're dangerous to them.
0: Well, I was going to say because they, that they might challenge their affluence in some way.
1: Well, exactly, yes.
2: Are you saying it might be the source? And I'm, I know I laughed before I said it, but I, I don't mean to scoff. I think this is an interesting idea. Could this be the source of their wealth and prosperity in some way?
0: In some way, I think like maybe like uh, in like a long version connected way. But yes, that's kind of what I was going for was like somehow whatever's in the box explains or empowers them to be successful. Like it explains why they are or it empowers them to be so. And perhaps if they were to lose it, they would then lose that power and success.
2: Now, Crow thinking to himself lockless, I think does a a bit of interesting and kind of fun lift is that it reminds us about the lackless and the rumor of the lackless box without having quoth go, ah, this was probably the rumored lackless box that, that I had heard of many times before. It's offloading that work to us the reader to remind us if we if we you know, did internalize that information that this is the tack that Quoth is going down. And if you didn't remember that, I think that's fine too. But it's it's nice, I think, it's a nice bit of work by Rothfuss to not have Quoth actually like narrate it back to us but to have a little bit of his inner thoughts here to let us know that he is clued into the idea that he's about to learn about the storied lackless box and then a bit later on he actually recites the rhyme in his head um, so that should drive it home if we didn't remember the rumor of the lackless box surely we remembered the lackless rhyme
0: would would you care to to do that then Since...
2: no we'll we'll talk
1: about it in a couple pages okay
0: Okay. You made it sound like he wanted to say it. Nah,
1: he wants to keep the listeners in, suspe- in suspense. Like for for the for, for the fifty dollar tier little piggies, you know, sometimes they like to be kind of teased. You know, they like they like to to be tormented, like not not fully allowed to, to come to a satisfying conclusion.
2: All right, Jeremy, keep it in your pants. I I want to keep an eye on the mayor and Mellowin's interactions because as much as we've posited that there's a more at work in their relationship, they do seem to have a pretty good relationship. Like they sort of bicker and banter and they don't seem particularly like perturbed to disagree or to kind of conflict or have friction. Like they seem actually quite well situated and settled as a couple.
1: Yeah, that's suspicious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know that's a, that's a joke, but you know what, if anyone is, would be good at like, play acting domestic bliss. It would be these two. Don't you think? I do think. I forgot to mention this yesterday, but Stapes leaving with a wink is interesting. I think he's sort of like Stapes has kind of adopted Quoth. This isn't a new idea. We've talked about this to some extent, but like, I think Stapes has like pegged Quoth as another faithful servant. Equal. We, you know, he gave him the, the ring, the, the ring of great import. Uh So he, you know, has a great debt to him and, and trusts him deeply, but you know, what does it mean that this guy who Quoth has articulated as being quite powerful due to his position close to the mayor has like decided perhaps counter to the mayor's idea that this is someone who is trustworthy and can be relied upon. Like that he can share a wink with him in front of his boss, you know?
1: Well, I think the wink was not intended for Alvarun or, or Melowin to see. That's what I mean, you know, right? Like,
2: would, would would Stapes do that to someone he didn't, like, want to share a, a secret with? I think he's decided that Quoth is his protege.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking of it, yeah.
1: I really like the way Rothfuss communicates that Quoth is, like, hopping from foot to foot and wringing his hands because he wants to get his hands on this box and see what's inside it. He's, like... The 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 best one I think is, uh, he asks to see the key Mallowin has around her neck. She slides the chain off, tucks it, tucks it underneath her clothes, and rearranges her clothes and hair, repairing any damage to her appearance. This seemed to take an hour or so. That is very funny to me.
2: <laughs> the other thing is that they, you know, they made a joke of it. Like clearly, they had a conversation, and Mayor went, "Oh, you know, he's going to." he won't wait on propriety. He's going to ask right away to see the the box and she was like, "Really? You think so?" And then he asked right away and they sort of have a laugh about it. Like, "Okay, you were right. That's funny." And that's that also speaks to the nature of their relationship. Like they do have these kind of private conversations. I don't know. It's interesting. Don't know what to make of it. But they're not fully like mercenary, you know. They they have private conversations. They share jokes. Uh so they're not they're not totally I guess I was going to say they're not totally Frank and and Claire, but I guess Frank and Claire also, like, have moments of closeness and share jokes and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes their relationship interesting. Like, they are close. They, like, they know each other better than anybody. Is it love? Maybe. Is that love more powerful than each of them individually desiring power and seeing their partner as a means to acquire it? Eh, I don't know. I think that's one of the tensions that made that show interesting.
0: Say, love. Love comes in many shapes and sizes, and perhaps power and success is one of those shapes or sizes.
1: I mean, do you not think that Lady Macbeth and Macbeth are in love? Because I think they do. They are.
0: I don't know enough about.
1: It only works if they're in love. Exactly.
0: Oh! Oh! Interesting.
1: She like, and she. Convinces him to do murder because she's like, Honey, this is gonna be great for your career. Do yeah, a murder. And,
2: and part of why he does the murder is to keep to make her happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, Jeremy, listen to you. Close reading Shakespeare. Who'd have thought we'd get here? I don't have to close read it because it's obvious in the text. Ah, but is it though? I think it's only obvious because you've understood how to how to I listen to the I think if it was obvious in, the, in text. the
0: text, I would have picked it up in grade 12 when I read it, and I didn't pick that up. Yes, you I also did. really didn't <laughs> enjoy studying Rubeth.
2: <for> <laughs> to be fair, high schoolers are empty-headed nincompoops.
1: School does a great job of sapping of all the joy out of Shakespeare, but my stance on Shakespeare has always been if you're not picking it up from the performance, then it's not there to be picked up. I mean, you could have a bad performance that fails sure, to- but that's not the play's fault. No, it's not. Well,
2: there's a reason that Shakespeare has lasted so long.
0: I think the big failing of school plus Shakespeare is that they make you read it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: You should absolutely just get to see it as a play. <laughs>
1: yeah, or even as a movie. Like, there's no excuse. There's like at least one good movie version of like every Shakespeare play. There's really no excuse.
0: And they never show you the movie till you're done reading it. <laughs>
1: yeah, the
2: right way to teach Shakespeare is to like do a staged reading. Is to actually read it aloud to one another. Assign people the roles and have them like feel the words, hear the words. And then also show them like what it looks like when it's up on stage. You have to do both. Anyway, I'm glad that we've finally settled it. Shakespeare
1: good, school bad. That's right. <laughs> uh, and listeners, we will school you on Shakespeare on tomorrow's page. Of The
0: Way. Wh- Wh-